today on The Breakdown. It's a 25K buy-in high roller event from the Barcelona Party Poker Millions in 2018. And we have two of the best young players in the world going at it when there's only five players left. When there's five players left, that means there is an almost $700,000 jump between fifth and first place. And when I say two of the best players in the world, I'm talking Adrian Mateos, I know you love him, and Rainer Kempe, you might love him, I'm not sure, but he won the uh, Super High Roller Bowl back in the day, the 300K buy-in. He is no joke. He's like really good friends with Federer Holtz too, like a study partner and stuff like that. This guy is legit. This hand is legit. And I got to tell you, there are some decisions in this hand we are just straight up unclear about. And the solver feels very strongly about some of them. We're not so sure. We're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I was going to open by saying, Rainer Kempe, what have you done for me lately? It's not 2018 anymore because I haven't been seeing him that much. Yeah. But that's just my own personal bias because I looked up Hendon and he's been doing a lot recently. Oh, yeah. What's he, like? What's a, an example of something? Nothing huge, but just as an example, in September of 2019, he got second in a 25,000-pound thing in England in, and 12th in another 25K thing. I mean, how much did he get for second? 200,000 pounds. Uh, yeah, nothing at all. He got eighth in the Party Poker Millions, 50K yeah. in the Bahamas in November. Uh, he he's, got, he's a problem. He got uh, the EPT Prague, $10,000. I guess they called it a high roller. Uh, he got eighth for 64K. Okay. And in January, he won uh, 238000 Australian in the 50K at the Aussie Millions. Yeah, so that's like almost, that's like 700K in winnings you just said since September, right? Yeah, so what he's done for me lately is win a lot of money <laughs> playing really poker. Well. Yeah. yeah, he's probably also killing cash games and things like that on the side, you know. He's a guy you never want at your table. Some, some of these guys just play tournaments, especially yeah. these super high roller guys, so it's possible he's one of those guys. It's true. Know. It's true. But yeah, Rainer Kempe, Adrian Mateos, they're good. I mean, would you want Rainer Kempe sitting at your 5'10 table even if he doesn't have a lot of cash experience? I would feel no, very uncomfortable. No, of course not. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But he's got that scarf. It's probably worth a lot. So that's, if he leaves it on the table, you could take it and ma- maybe make a lot of money. The scarf is actually from the second Harry Potter movie. Which is the prisoner of no, that's the Azkaban. Fourth. That's the fourth one. <laughs> the, the second one is, is the Chamber of Secrets. The Sorcerer's Dillweed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, the but it's funny. The Chamber Pot of... Crap. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, but still, pretty good. Pretty not, good. I'm not a Harry Potter fan. No. Really? Yeah. You never read any of the books? I read the first one because it was assigned to me in sixth grade by my wow. excellent teacher. And you never read another one? No. You are, your heart is made of stone. Sir. That's not the worst book that was assigned to me by a literature teacher. And I was in an advanced English class in high school, and we were assigned the Da Vinci Code. And I was like, who the hell is this guy assigned to me the Da Vinci Code? <laughs> that is unimpressive. You yeah. know, um... Now that we're talking about this, when I was in 11th grade, I think it was 10th or 11th grade, uh, I got into a disagreement. Sort of, this is the other side of that same coin. In, in, the class, in my English class with my English teacher, in front of the whole class about who was better, Stephen King or William Shakespeare. Wow. <laughs> I was on the Stephen King side. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And he, you know, in fairness, said everything Stephen King has ever written is not as good as a single paragraph of Shakespeare. And I responded, have you ever read any Stephen King? And he fair? said... He said, no. Well, so okay. I said, how can you say that then? And he kicked the entire class out and ended the class early as soon as I said that. 
well, I think seems, I won that argument. That seems like an overly emotional reaction. Yeah, it was weird. It was super weird. Like, how about, well, why don't you read more Shakespeare and then we'll talk about it. I'll read some Stephen King, you read some Shakespeare, we'll, we'll compare notes. Isn't that what a teacher's supposed to say? By the way, my English teacher was really good. That was his worst moment. That was, that's a bad moment. It was a bad moment. I mean, you're probably on the wrong side of that one from the literature well, perspective. But from an education perspective, I was on the right side of yes. it. Yes. So, so whatever, I'll take, I'll take that. <laughs> if you're a baseball player, you're hitting 500, you're the best player of all time, so... I'm a baseball player now. <laughs> you are? Yeah. Congratulations. They get paid a lot of money. I mean, it depends. Are you in the major leagues? I yeah, guess. exactly. If you're like playing Little League, you're not getting paid very much. Little League. Yeah, you get paid a lot, though. <laughs> little League, you get a decent it's amount. Like, it's like very, it's barely more than minimum wage. It's like 20 bucks when an hour. Si- when you're six, playing Little League. Uh, even if you're an adult playing in Little League. Hey, you know who's in the big leagues? Max Sawyer. Yeah. That's who is. suggested this hand. I'm no longer fighting the Max Sawyer the Max Sawyer train. I can't. Why would it's you run have, me over? Why would you have ever, ever fought the train? <laughs> Fighting a train, by the way, <laughs> not a good idea. I mean, it's hard. Admittedly, it's hard. That's what I'm saying. And so I've tried and I've tried. I also standing on the tracks while it's coming at you. Not the greatest way to fight a train. No. Better do it from the side as it goes by or stand on it and punch it, you know, as it's go, as it's moving. You know who teaches a great class on how to fight a train? I do not. Steven Seagal. Really? Yeah. Well, he's not, like, you, you just got to give it a little cry chop. Just give a little cry chop. You sure? <laughs> you sure it isn't how to train to fight, not how to fight a no, train? No, no, he's fighting trains. Huh. That's one of his enemies. Huh. He has a lot of enemies and I, detractors. I'm going to be honest. I did not know that. Did you know that he's an actual policeman in <laughs> New Orleans? You know, Shaq is like a detective in Miami. No, he was for a very brief moment. But Steven Seagal, I don't know if it's true anymore, but for many years, was actually a cop in New Orleans. I did not know the that. The scenario could occur where you're like in a bar fight and Steven Seagal arrests you. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a bad lieutenant port of call New Orleans type situation, which was a real movie directed by Werner Herzog starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Not, not a little overrated also, but I anyway. Never, I never saw it. Yeah. You'd like it. Anyway, Max Sawyer is a train. He is an anthropomorphic train and he yes. ran over Jonathan until Jonathan I no acquiesced. Longer, I will no longer fight his... Um, that he's in the discussion for the Hall of Fame. Whoa, wow. <laughs> you just can't help yourself, can you? <laughs> no, he's a Hall of Famer. It's fine. You know, it makes Next him sorry, sad. You've it earned makes this. him sad when you say these things. I know. That's There's why like I do a, it. a a little bit of true sadness. Well, you know what? The truth is this. If Max Sawyer can't handle this, if there, if it hurts him in any way to hear me say this, that's about what he thinks about himself. So you're saying basically listening, listening to the poker guys, you're entering the Thunderdome and there's no there's no no quarter for anybody. You just, yeah. just free for all. Jonathan's going to spit on your life. <laughs> it's mirror, mirror on the wall time. You know, when you look in the mirror, you see this is not one of those funhouse mirrors. This gives you an accurate reflection of who you are and what you think about yourself. And if you don't like parts of yourself, guess what? That's going to show up when you listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Max Sawyer loves himself because he's good, good at suggesting things. Yeah, he is. He's quite good. He, of course, suggested on Twitter. He included a YouTube link and a timestamp. We are the poker guys on Twitter at the number two poker guys. Please suggest hands. Yeah, really. We love it if you all suggested hands. We've been getting a lot of tweets recently that are fun and interesting about poker related stuff or about our book or coronavirus or coronavirus. <laughs> but we do need some hand suggestions that those have slowed down a bit. So they have. We think we think there's been a lot of other things going on in the news lately that I can understand why many of you have gotten a little distracted. But you know what? Let's keep our eyes on the ball here, people. Yeah, <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. Don't make us go look for hands. <laughs> We're not doing it. That would be a disaster. We're never going to do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So <laughs> we do have five, five remaining, 25K buy-in. Uh, fifth place is 184K, all the way up to first place of 858K. Yep. With, you know, a lot of different numbers in between. Some of them are lower. Some of them are higher. 
Probably not lower than 184. No, though. no, it's a weird tournament. Oh. It's like you got to try to get out pretty soon. I mean, that's a weird, that'd be a weird structure. It tournament. would be. It would be. Anyway, so five remain. We've got relatively short stacks. I think the biggest stack at the table is something like 38 big blinds. We've got uh, 250K and 500K on the blinds, and Rainier Kempe is on the button. He's got 17.3 million, so like 55 blinds. No. 255, or sorry, 15, 17.5 blinds. Nope. It's okay. No. 30, 30, 35 blinds. What happened to my brain? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened, but it's okay. I was thinking about the next thing I wanted to say, which was that he opens. Well, I can see why that would throw you yeah, off. Yeah, I know. To 1.1 million with King Six of Diamonds. Okay. Seems fine. Yes, it does. The big blind is Adrian Mateos. He's, He's famous. Got 18.7 million approaching 20. <laughs> wow. <laughs> approaching 40 just, big blinds. Just double the number. In yeah, your I don't know what's right going away. on with my 37. Other. Approaching 40 big blinds. He defends the big blind with King of Hearts, Five of Clubs. He's in trouble. He's in trouble right now. That's yeah. okay. It's normal. It is normal to be in trouble. Someone's in trouble all the time in poker. Yeah. Right now, you might be in trouble listening to this podcast as you got check race on the turn. Or just in trouble because you did something and you know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. They know about... They know. Of course they know. Just think... I want to... Everyone just take a moment and think about... Let's say you got a text from an unknown number, like three in the morning, and it was just all in caps and it just said, they know, and nothing else. What percentage of our audience, Grant, and maybe the audience themselves can try and think about this too, would bug the hell out of their life? <laughs> be like, I'm gone. And they like get their bug out bag, get in their car and drive away. i to think of what I would think it would refer to in yeah. my life. And I can't think of anything. It's hard for me to come with something good. too. Yeah. Of course, that's what we would say, even if that wasn't the case. Right. But uh, I'm doing this for real, man. <laughs> <laughs> what about that time, you know, you're driving with Neil Diamond and... Killed uh, that kid. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. <laughs> is that, that's a reference to a Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Thing. Don't worry about a guy that's not. Grant wasn't actually driving with Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond would never drive with Grant. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great skit. It is. All right. 2.9 million in the pot. Mateos has defended the big button with King of Hearts, Five of Clubs. Rainer Kempe has opened the button with King Six of Diamonds. They both have over 30 blinds. Yes, they Got do. Got that one right that time. Yes. The flop is three of spades, seven of diamonds, five of hearts. Oh, Lord. Adrian just totally outflopped him. He did. But Rainier does have a backdoor diamond draw and a gut shot. Yep. That's, so that's pretty good. pretty sweet. And an overcard to the five, which uh, he can hit. The six. The six, yeah. He can hit, the, can six. hit the six. That's three more outs. Mateos checks, and yeah. Kempe checks back. So let's take a second and talk about both of these checks. Okay. The Mateos check seems pretty trivial. Yeah. But the solver wants him to lead. 69% of the time. My guess is that it's, a, uh, it's just a board-based thing where it's like, this is clearly better for my range than for your range, so I'm going to bet this some percentage of the time. I'm surprised it's as high as it is. The solver's interesting. You know? The solver's like, I'm going to donk a lot. Fuck you. you know? like, what are you yeah. going to do about it when this is, it's better for me so I can just bet? I, yeah, I get how this is trying to be unexploitable, but like from a practical playing poker perspective, middle pair feels like the worst type of hand to donk most of the time. I mean, you're protecting equity. I think that's what you're doing as much as anything yeah, else. Yeah, but like six or seven years ago, if you told me somebody was donking middle pair all the time, you're like, oh, the bad old guy? Who's well, the like thing, trying to find out where he is. Well, the difference is, I'm sure they want, like the solver probably is donking middle pair not to fold to a raise True. very often. As opposed to the old guy who's 100% of the time folding to a raise or jamming because he's got top set. Those are the only options, yeah. you know. Um, instead of like, oh, I have a pretty good hand and I'm playing and I'm not going to get blown off it even though I'm playing face up, right? So um, I wouldn't, I, I admit actually, sometimes donking is cool and this is a reasonable board to donk on. 
I don't know. Stacked up is kind of shaky for a donk here. Agreed. I also, I would actually probably rather be going after the middle position opening range rather than the button opening range here. Yeah, Kempe is all over this board too. Yeah, Kempe's got like all the gut shots. He's got all the one pairs on the board. He's got over pairs. He's he got sets. He can have the nuts. He absolutely can have four six suited here. Yeah. Um, we can too. We can have four six off. I guess we maybe we have more combos of the nuts and stuff like that. I guess maybe, but we don't have pocket sevens very often, and he has it all day. You know, so it goes back and forth. I'm not sure if we have pocket fives or not. We probably do have pocket fives. Kempe might open four six off. I'm not sure. Maybe I don't know with with Mateos. This is a pretty tough tough table. It's possible he doesn't, but it's yeah. possible he does. We didn't have him opening four six off. I'll say that. Either way, it feels. As natural as anything to check the king five, which is what Mateos does. It does. But maybe maybe there's, there's a lesson here, which is we should be attacking these kinds of boards from the big blind a little bit more often. The solver certainly thinks so, and I think it's at least something to think about as players. But is this the type of hand to attack it with? Ah, that's a great question. Only if we're not going to fold to a race. Yeah. And which I, then I would be much more interested in checking because I don't want to put myself in those weird spots. Right. I mean, maybe you can against a Rainer Kempe type, but right. against the most players that most of you are going to be playing against, that's not going to be a profitable decision, most right. likely. Yeah. I mean, usually the best play is you check, they bet, you call, and you're ahead most of the time. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes the Turner River kills you, and that's the part that sucks. Right. Anyway, anyway. Kempe checks back. Do you think this is board-based? We just talked about how the range advantage is not so pronounced because of the right. button versus big blind. I'm a little surprised, actually, because if Kempe makes a straight, it's going to be hard to get action. If he hits his six and is good, it's going to be hard to get action. If he hits his king, it's going to be hard to be hard to get that much action. It turns out in this case it wouldn't be, and but you would, would be think so. Bad action. It would be bad for him. But but from his point of view, it's like those are all cards. So when he improves, he doesn't really. It's going to be hard to get paid. But maybe he's feeling like king high is often good here. And he can call. He can actually bluff catch with his hand later in the hand. Maybe not for two streets, but for one. Um, and he does have ways to improve. And he's got to have some checkbacks. And so this is like a reasonable checkback for him. That's all I got. I guess. He seems, seems like he would have enough ace highs and hands like that that he could check back. Yeah, maybe, maybe king high is just good enough showdown-wise. Or like the, the jack highs of the world, he just has to bet because they're not good enough. Like, but King High can actually win at Showdown a little bit more of the time, kind of a thing. I don't know. Having the gut shot, I feel like, would give you license to bet for your full deck. Where do you block the nuts? You block a lot of Mateos's check raises. I mean, what if we get there? Don't we want, like, it's, we're just semi bluffing, but if we get there, it's going to be, like, we already want the pot to be kind of big. We want Mateos to be a little more attached yeah. to the pot, not, not once it comes in. Maybe we feel like Mateos is going to try and rep the straight a lot if it comes in. I mean, it only comes in a little bit of the yeah, time anyway. I mean, we also have the backdoor flush draw. Yep. I don't know. I like a bet. I normally would like a bet here as well. I think it, it can't be that bad to check once in a while. Maybe sack sizes is part of why he checks too, where he doesn't want to bet and just get blown off the hand. And I mean, it's not like a hand with that much value that it matters if you get blown off the hand. True. But maybe he thinks like Mateos is going to attack him on this board. But uh, that's all I got. You block a lot of his check raises. Yeah. Like the six is a great check raising card for Mateos. It's true. It's really true. And we don't have to fold actually, even yeah. if he, I mean, we probably, we probably will fold. Yeah. So, if he doesn't want to fold and he likes, he thinks he's got enough showdown value and he has ways to improve, he decides he to check. It, I would usually bet this also. Well, so would the solver. Wants yeah. him to bet 77% of the time. That said, both of these decisions that the players make that the solver doesn't like, it believes the, the expected values are negligible versus checking. So, so it's, it's all just balance. Yeah, it's for balance. Fair enough. So Kempe checks back and it's the most boring hand in the world. What's not boring is playing poker at Nitrogen Sports. I'm going to lay down a little beat as you keep talking about okay right okay i'm not gonna rap i'm just gonna talk normal yeah nitrogen sports wow this is a horrible beat 
I'm trying not to be too loud. I think we should abandon ship on this whole thing. Nitrogen Sports, you can get access to it using the link in the description of this podcast. If you use that link, you get access to our monthly tournament. It is the best. It is top notch. The best. It is. The great ashed. No one's ever gonna keep it down. The greatest of all time. So last month we had the tournament. It was the last Sunday of the month, which is how it always is going to be, although it happened to be March 1st, in fact, but whatever. Close enough to the last Sunday of February. You made that confusing when you didn't have to. It's usually the last Sunday of the month. Yes. And the guarantee is 1,000 buy-ins. Yes. 0.1 millibit is the the buy-in, and 100 millibits is the guarantee. And we got 95 players last month. Mm -hmm. So that should indicate to you that there's a lot of mathematical reasons to play this tournament. I.e., there's 900 extra buy-ins just yeah. thrown into that prize pool. And it's not like 900 extra buy-ins and there's 11,000 players. There's 95 players. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's a really good deal it's for you. 10 buy-ins per player, and it only costs you one. That's, that's how you make money in life. You make decisions like that. It's a really, really, it's a really good deal for you. There could be three times as many players, and you'd be doing great to play this tournament. By the way, it could be a lot more than that, but because I'm putting in three... You know, three buy-ins per player, which is still outrageous. Yeah. This whole thing is, it's just an incredible scam. You get to scam nitrogen. How are you, you everyone should be taking advantage of this. It is pretty good. And by the way, if the tournament ever gets big enough that we start to approach the guarantee, nitrogen will probably make the guarantee bigger. They do stuff like that. Just get in there. They're going to make it a good deal. Always. You can also sports bet, play Concedo games. Yeah. And if you bank something, you can get your money out fast. It's a Bitcoin only poker site and it doesn't fuck around. Ask me how long it takes. How long does it take to get 90 minutes. So you could request a withdrawal from Nitrogen, go watch phone booth, spend yep. 15 minutes on the toilet, and then have your money. <laughs> and then it'll be nine minutes later. And that's the ad. We're done with that. We did it. Yeah. All right. So we've got the three of spades, seven of diamonds, five of hearts flop. So weird. 2.9 million in the pot. King five for Mateos and the big blind for middle pair. Rainer Kempi has king six of diamonds for a gut shot and a backdoor flush draw. It has gone check, check on the flop. The turn is the king of spades. Hello, that is a sickest. It actually kind of is. Kind of a disaster for, for Rainer Kempi. You wouldn't expect Mateos to have too many kings in his range. A lot of those are going to be three bets pre-flop. So Rainer's going to feel pretty confident here. As Mateos, you yep. want to check, you want to bet. You got two pair here. Two pair. The only reason to check, and I think it's actually a pretty good one, is you figure Kempe, I would figure Kempe is betting this card almost always. Yeah, I think it's so a, I like that. It's so an like incredibly good reason to check. Not only is yeah. this all over Kempe's range and he's going to bet it, also you block him having a king, so yeah. it's harder for him to actually have a king to call you with if you bet. Right, so I think we should check with the intention of check raising because if it was a, if it was a nine, I think we should be betting, you know? But because it's this, it's a king. If it's an ace or a king, especially a king is just such an easy check. He's always going to bet this card. Um, almost always, I should say, maybe not always. And, uh, and we get to check race and it's great. And if he actually has something great and if he doesn't, we got an extra bet out of him. Yeah. So win either way. Yeah. I, I like, a, I definitely like a, a check here. Although the solver wants him to bet. Yeah. 78% of the time wants potatoes to bet it just, you know, cause it's going for balance. It needs to bet some things and this is a really good hand. So, yeah, it is. I guess that's why. If you're, it's interesting though. If you're Kempe and and Mateos bets here, you're just going to call. You're never going to put in a raise. No. And yet, if you were, if Mateos checks and Kempe bets and Mateos raises, like we would expect him to, Kempe's usually going to call the raise because he's got top pair with the hand that he has and, yeah. and a gutter even right. and blocking the nuts and all these kinds of things. Right? There's yeah. lots of reasons for him to, absolutely uh, to call. So, um, so yeah, so. 
the EVs are the same, but you can really see the, the value in checking. Yeah, that's what Mateos does, and I like it. Me too. Kempe is going to bet. Makes sense to bet. He's supposed to bet this card. Yeah, he's betting this card probably either way, and he actually made top pairs usually ahead. He's going to choose pretty big sizing here. He goes 1.9 into 2.9. With no bet on the flop, that's pretty big. That is pretty big, especially when Mateos... I guess Mateos has a lot of bets on the turn that end up turn, turning into checks because of this card, right? Yeah. And so he thinks, well, if, he's, if Mateos has anything at all, he's just gonna, if he has a pair, he's just going to have to call me. Yeah. Right? So he's going for bigness. Well, the bigness is going to hurt because Mateos is going to check race. Well, he should. By the way, yeah. the solver really wants Kempe to check. Oh, let's have a quick discussion about that. Yeah, I want him to check 96% of the time. I'm so confused by the solver's leanings these days. Why? We made top pair. Well, I think because it decided that... Mateos checking twice means that Mateos doesn't have too many showdownable hands that can call. I disagree. Well, I'm trying to guess what the solver's thinking. Okay, go ahead. Because the solver would bet with maybe all of the one pair hands on the turn, possibly. The solver wants Mateos to bet the flop and bet the turn. So I guess in the solver's mind, like, Mateos is supposed to have... Most, I've already bet almost always by now. Right. Yeah. So the solver thinks that, that the bluff catching value is a lot more than any other value. And there's not right. really a, a lot of cards that are dangerous cards on the river to the king six. We also do have... We can be put in a bad spot, as we're about to be, by Mateos, where if we were to get raised... It's awful. Like, it's an awful spot where we, we kind of can't fold, but we, don't ha- we can't beat any value. We're just bluff catching. We, we have very little ways to improve in sig- significantly. In this case, we, knowing what Mateos actually has, we have, what, fours, sixes, and sevens. That's all that can yeah. improve us. That's not so much. Um, sometimes we have less than that. Sometimes we have just chop outs, you know. Sometimes we have... Um, just fours because Mateos is king seven or something like that, yeah. right? So maybe just the solver, especially with the stack sizes being what they are, doesn't want to put itself in a position where it's going to be in a big trouble a lot when any time you get action. Well, I guess, I guess we have to ask the question, what are we expecting to get called by? Yeah. I, I mean, like, I guess maybe Mateos has a flopped pair that checked and then the king comes in and is expecting a bet. Yeah. I think that's totally that's, reasonable. That's just the only way we're getting called, though. Yeah, if Mateos somehow has ace high, which he would have had to not three bet preflop, but sometimes he won't. Yeah. Um, maybe he could have ace high and a gutter and call here on the turn. Maybe. That's, but there's, that's, there aren't too many of those, right? No. So it doesn't feel like there's, a, there's enough. He can have pairs and gut shots. He can have pairs. Any pair, I think, is going to call. It is, so that's, I guess, why Rainer sizes it up, though. He's like, a small bet or a big bet doesn't matter. I want to get called by, your, by all the hands that are just going to feel obligated to call. Right. And so I might as well make more. Yep. I like that thought process by him, by the way. That's yeah. cool. Well, he does bet, despite the solver hating it and yeah. wanting we, Rainer Kempe to shut up. We only gave the solver the option to bet Rainer sizing. And maybe if we gave him significantly smaller sizing, the solver would feel differently about uh, a bet versus a check. But yeah, at maybe. this size, it really doesn't like it, as we see. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of balance, anyway. Anyway, that's it. Okay. So he does bet. He bets yeah. 1.9 million. Mateos, of course, is going to check raise. Yeah. It's a great spot. It's totally time. Yeah. You, honestly, you raise thinking like, am I, I mean, yeah, I, maybe he's going to fold lucky. a lot. He's going to fold a maybe lot. Maybe I got lucky. I'll have a king and hold on or something. Yeah. But like, there's not much here. He does check raise. So what does this say for Mateos's range? He makes it 5.7 million because now we're Kempe. We did not get called. We're not against, you know, 10, 7 or hand like that. Right. So what are the types of hands we expect Mateos to show up with here? Okay. Well, 
because we do have a significant range advantage. We do have plenty of kings in our range. Mateos yes. has to know that, like, yes, we're going to bet this card, but also we do have this card a lot. Of course. Um, well, there's obviously the strong value, like Mateos has, like yeah. two pair plus. Um, there is some draws, some really obvious draws, like spades, which we do not block yeah. as, uh, as Rainer Kempe. Also, uh, there are the gut shots, which we block a tiny bit of. We have one of the, one of the eight gut shot cards. Yeah. Um, there are other gut shots, of course, that, that are in play as well, though, like 8-9 is a gutter and things like that. It's yeah. possible Mateos is like, well, I can't call now because you made it so much. I can't really call with any of my draws. So it's raise or fold. Perhaps. So I have spades. I can't call. Is this a good card to attack with gut shots, though? It doesn't seem like it, but Adrian has to have some bluffs here. Yeah. Spades and Adrian probably, is a bit of a sicko. Spades are probably better. I think spades are better, too. Um, Adrian is a bit of a sicko, though. Let's not forget. And yeah. honestly, as... Okay, what, what are you supposed to do as Kempe when you bet here and get check raised to this amount with his actual hand? Are you supposed to call? Against Mateos, I don't know if you can fold. I, against Mateos, I don't know if you can either. But now we're saying that means he's got a lot of bluffs. Yeah. Which means we should give him bluffs. Yeah. Well, I think spades... He has, like, almost every spade combo in the deck. You can give him those. Except, yeah, the, somehow the, nut, the nutted yeah. spade... The ace, the ace high spade combos i think that's probably true he can have um spades that are combo draws i guess too he could have turned a combo draw but any spade combo really he could yeah and that's that's fair that's fair um and that's that's enough bluffs to call probably it probably is because he doesn't have that much value right even yeah. when we're talking about the two pairs i mean like he has to have flopped two pair or turned two pair and not led the turn or or uh led the flop are we sure he's check raising bottom two i'm not 100 percent sure he's doing that i would guess he is he could get himself in a lot of trouble. Kempe checked back the flop. Like, Kempe could have middle pair and check back the flop. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's not impossible. And then make kings up? Is yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. He could, have, he could actually have Mateos' actual hand here, you know? He could have king five. He could. I expect that if Mateos takes this line with three five, he's going to check raise three five. I think if you're If he right. doesn't lead three five, he's going to check raise three I five. Think, no, I think he is. I agree. Um, but I'm just saying, like... I'm not 100% sure about that. But no, I, I, think, I think he probably would, would probably show up with all the better hands. So there's, there's a, some value here for sure, but there isn't massive amounts either, right? So I think it's reasonable to call, especially because yeah. you block the nuts and you have a king. That's but a it king. does suck. It does suck. And well, Kempe does call. And are we calling the river? If we're calling a river shove on a brick? I don't know. Ten of hearts comes. Mateos goes all in. Spoiler alert. It's not going to be a brick. No. And Mateos isn't going to shove the river. Right. That's what's not going to happen. Right. What is going to happen is you're going to check out the description of this podcast to find a link to thepokerguys.net where you can buy our book. Yes, you can. It's called How Can He Fold? How Can He Fold? It's a great question. Thanks. Um, we answer it many times. Repeatedly. Yeah, there's 37 hands in the book. We answer the question every time. Although <laughs> they're not all folds, so I just lied. But 37 hands that are text conversations between me and Jonathan. They're three to five page Bite-sized, fun chapters, starting with the least complex hands, ending on the most complex hands. Which is good. By the end, they're brain busters, but you're going to have fun reading it. That's the thing. You're going to learn. You're going to have fun. At the end of each chapter, there are key takeaways, so you can really know what to focus on from the chapter if you really want to study on that stuff. We have a combinatoric section. We have a glossary with well-defined poker terminologies, which is wonderful and fun. Yeah. It's well-reviewed on Amazon, this book, Jonathan. Oh, my gosh. It sure is. And, in fact, here's our Amazon review of the week All right. or day or whatever we call it. This is actually, um, well, I'll just get into it here. 
I'm going to cut to the middle because it's, you know, too many paragraphs to read the whole thing. You will enjoy their opinions and also learn important concepts of tournament strategy. The main objective of the book is entertainment, and they accomplish that in a great way. If you want to take a break from complex poker books with boring math and GTO, read this book and fall in love with the game again. Wow. How about that? Fall in love with the game again. This is actually the guy who wrote this actually is also gave us uh, he's he's one of the editors for Poker Logica, which is the premier. It's sort of like poker news, but for uh, South America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could I, something like I, I could You're be really nailing on this one. Sorry, I don't read Spanish. I can't read Spanish. So it's a little harder to know exactly what's going on there. But they're one of the big Spanish poker sites. And um, it's, it's actually not, a poker logia. So oh, is go. it? Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, they 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 have a top ten poker books of 2019, and they had done that list before they read our book. They just read our book and reviewed it for March of 2020. But they are putting us in the 2019 top ten poker book list anyway. And apparently, we're also going to make the top twenty poker book or top ten poker books for 2020. Possibly, actually, I, I believe we are. We are. Yeah. In fact, we are. Um, so I'm just saying. This is legit. This book is a thing. You, you got to get, get in you this. You get it. If you go to the website, you can get the ebook right there on the website. You yeah. can also take that link to Amazon where you can buy the paperback. Yeah. You, you may not succeed in sliding into uh, Instagram models DMs, but you can slide into this book's DMs. No problem. Really, you <laughs> struggled to do that one, didn't you? That was, yeah. That was, I wasn't really sure where I was going that was with that little, the whole time. That was a little tough. That was like I was, it was like a two-seater airplane that was in a big rainstorm, and I wasn't sure if I was going to land that it. That was a little tough. It was, it's we, kinda, got, we made it home, but it was... Kind of tough, kind of like the spot that Rainer Kempe's in here. Oh, I love that transition. Thank you. So the pod is now going to be $14.3 million after the check raise from Mateus and the call from Kempe. Kempe with King Six of Diamonds on the 3-7-5 King board. Mateos with Kings Up with King Five offsuit. Yeah. $14.3 million in the pot. The effective stack is Rainer Kempe with $10.6 million. Yeah. Things are getting real. Yeah. Rivers the Seven of Clubs. What? Oh, so sick. A damn gift from the poker gods. Right, so now Mateos is counterfeited. He no longer has kings up with king five. He has kings up with kings and sevens, which Kempe barely outkicks because Mateos has kings and sevens with a five. But that six plays, bro. Kempe's got kings and sevens with a six. I mean, come on. It's a pretty sick card. It is pretty sick. Yeah, I mean, it's Mateos at least knows it's bad for him. This That's is, nice. This is the thing. Anytime that, uh, that uh, Kempe improves, it was going to be really obvious that yeah. it was bad for Mateos, right? And that is... That is one of the problems with this whole situation. Yep. So but whatever. What are you going to do? Mateos is left in a spot where it feels like checking is kind of the only thing you can do, right? I mean, it's check or turn our hand into a bluff against hands. Or we're definitely going to fall at all the like worse hands. It seems like and it. And we might get called by all the better ones. I don't know if we're getting called by this hand or not if we shove, but... We've got to be worried about hands like... King-Queen. King-Queen, Ace-King, yeah. and things like that. And are they calling... I actually don't know either, but because we're Mateos, they're probably calling, right? Seems like it. They're probably calling. Because when the, also when the seven pairs and if we shove, it's like, you know, it's like, what do we have? Now we have to have a full house, basically. Yeah. Or a flop straight. Yeah, okay, flop straight. Fair enough. But and may, maybe we get the fold. I don't know. But we're all pretty short. So it feels like uh, Kempe sort of decided on the turn he's probably calling our shove. Now, I don't know if he actually has based on his actual hand, but from Mateos's point of view, once we check raise, it feels like, oh, yeah, we're going to, on safe rivers, we're going to get called a lot here. Yeah. You know, like you just called a big check raise. But this is not a safe river. No, this is an unsafe river. The nice thing for Mateos is that it's tough to put Kempe on a seven himself yeah. because he did not bet the flop. And he called the turn. Yeah. After the check raise, which. He might do with a seven. He might, but 
put, put those things together, we can eliminate sevens on both streets, I think. Some sevens on both streets. Yeah. So, Mateos does check. The solver actually wants him to bet 43% of the time, basically go all in, which feels weird. Yeah. Like, to what end? To get called by... I mean, you block kings full and fives full, so that's nice. And sevens full of fives. I mean, we're bluffing if we go all in? That's what we're doing? Or are we going for value? I don't know. If we don't know, we should probably check. Yeah. That's why so, I like checking. Solver, get out of here. Boy, we are, we are not on the same page with the solver this not entire today. time. Nope. Not today. Not ever. I know you're doing uh, Game of Thrones, right? Uh, sort of. What do we say to death? Today. That's what that guy said. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. Hell yeah. Wait till the Game of Thrones sequels. Or he comes back. Yeah, he's going to come back and be alive. With a wooden sword. Whatever. He's good. Anyway, can, let's, can we like focus? He's got curly hair. Okay, so. <laughs> nice. Mateos does check. Yeah. It seems like that super feels obvious. like the logical thing to do, and I would be shocked if he did anything else. Right. So, should Rainer Kempe bet? The automatic answer in my head is absolutely not. It wouldn't occur to me to bet. Please, I would be checking and be like, "I hope I win. I hope I win." Value, did I win? Value. Did I win? I might have. That card may have won me the pot. I might have always been winning. But how do I get called by worse hand? But Rainer Kempe is there. He's shuffling his hands. Shuffling his forward. hands. He actually is. He's using his cards and shuffling. I swear. I watched the video. He's using his cards and shuffling his hands. No, shuffling his hand. Like, he's moving oh. one, one card and then under uh, the other card. Shuffling his hand. Yeah. And then shuffling some chips. Yeah. He's not automatically checking. He's thinking right. about it. Sure. And ultimately, he decides to go all in. Fucking fascinating. What the hell? Okay. Now, my first blush is this has to be for value, but let's take a moment and ask the question. Could he be trying to bluff out a better king? Like king eight or something? Yeah, like Mateos, any king in the world that Mateus no. may have had. Because Mateus isn't going to check raise. Just of course to, not. Like Mateus has to basically have ace king, ace king to even consider check raising, and he's just never going to show up with that hand. Yeah, so and he's it can't not going to fold that on the river. Okay, either. no, he's not. No, he's not. He might bet for value. He probably just goes all in yeah. on the river, actually, based on the action. Right? He's right. like, call me with your worst king. And it's like yeah. impossible for him to have ace king anyway. So. Yeah, and every way it's impossible. Yeah. Okay, so this can't be to fold out a better hand. Doesn't seem like it. Seems crazy. Like King put, 10. You could have to put Mateos on like King 10 that decided to check raise the turn. And, my, and by the way, King 10 might call us anyway. Yeah. Like, it seems crazy to, to do that. Yeah. I don't think if King 10 would call us, but it could. Um, okay. So that means we're going for value. Mm-hmm. We are, I think if we're going for value, we are specifically targeting King 5 and King 3. Maybe King 4. Yeah. That but has prob- to be it. But probably King 5 and King 3. Guess what? We block those. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> um, so we're going for the two pair hands that are no longer two pair and we're basically trying to get called by them because A, our six plays and B, I guess three five is in here too because these are all bluff catchers, right? Um, and the draw is missed. The yeah. spades missed and other stuff misses. We're not getting called by spades. No, no I'm saying we have spades as yeah. Kempe in theory, right? And then we're trying to, so that way Adrian's like, well, I have king five and spades missed and... The pot. I'm getting a it's, good price. This all feels just so ambitious. Yep. Spades could have three bet all in on the turn, by the way, if they wanted yeah. to. The big draws could have decided to do that. And yeah, absolutely. Really might have. Really might have. This just feels like fancy play syndrome or something. I mean, it depends what you know about Adrian. Like, if yeah. Adrian's going to hero a lot, maybe you can make this But play. he has to have a hand that he can hero with. That's the problem. And, and have a hand that doesn't slightly beat you that he can hero yeah. with, by the way. Right. Like, if he somehow lost his mind and check-raised king eight on the turn, which I don't see him doing, in fairness. But if he had something like, or king, king jack, and just, like, check-raising king jack, 
Um, again, I don't see how that's possible, actually. Yeah. So never mind. He just doesn't have that. But I think that's part of maybe what's going on in Rainer's mind. He's like, I'm just almost always winning here. Like, once in a while, Rainer's got a full house or a straight. You mean Adrian? Yes, sorry. Adrian has a full house or a straight almost always. I'm oh, sorry, almost never, but once in a while. And the rest of the time, I'm ahead. Can I get called by some of that rest of the time? And, you know, part, maybe there's some personal dynamic. Maybe there's some history. Maybe Rainer and this tournament's been caught bluffing a bunch in these spots. It's all uh, I got. From Rainer's perspective, there's 12 total combos of King 5 and King 3. Yeah. Nine combos of 3-5, which I don't know if you're getting called by 3-5. I think that's unlikely. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's unlikely. He could be turning a better hand into a bluff. You're going to have to fold 3-5, I think. Yeah. So... I don't know, man. Like, it's not like he has pocket pairs that are going to call that often because he usually three bets those pre-flop and he isn't going to check raise them on the turn when nope, the king comes. He sure isn't. I just can't find my way to seeing how this is a good play. So let I me mean, just think a little more about it. So Rainer, when Adrian checks the seven, Rainer's got to think like Adrian's always betting his stronger value because Which is cause not, he'd ex, cause you'd expect Rainer to check back his kings. Here. Right, but it's Adrian Mateus. You can't say he's always doing anything. I mean, I can say almost always. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I can't say always, but nearly always. Um, checking back his, sorry, checking his strong, his really strong value, his his straights and stuff like that, because this is such an obvious check card for Rainier, right? Check back yeah. card. So I think Rainier like thinks like I'm just always winning. It seems optimistic. It does. But I'm always winning, so I got. So I'm going to free roll this and try and get called. I guess it's hard. That's got to be what's going on. It's hard to find your way to thinking of a hand that Mateos has him beat with that he would play this way. When they're stacked a pot is what it is. Yeah. He's just going to move in and not let him check back if you've got, you got him beat, right? So I guess that's what Rainer's thinking is. But still, it feels hard to get called. It does feel hard to get called. If you know Adrian's got some heroes in him and you feel like you're basically free-rolling the spot, I guess you can take the shot. But it does feel like reckless and... Boy, every time you're wrong, it just feels so bad. And so, like, if Mateos can fold this hand, which is the next best hand down, right? Yeah. It's not great. Well, guess what? What? Mateos folds the hand. Yeah, I mean, actually, any king is the same as yeah. this hand, right? Any so king all, five all, or lower. What? King five or lower. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Sorry, of course. Yeah. Um, yes, but still, it is the ranked next best hand, and Mateos folds it. Yeah. So that is an indictment of the bet. It is not good. It is a, somewhat of an indictment in the bet. Now, it's pos- of the bet, it's, it's possible sometimes Mateos finds a f- call with this hand, too. But he folds pretty quickly. Yeah. And it does seem to point to that it wasn't possible to get So called. I understand Rainer's thought process, if, if you laid it out correctly here, is thinking that Mateos is never checking if he has Rainer beat, mm-hmm. so he might as well go for value. But if it turns out that Mateos is folding this hand pretty quickly and easily, the, the likelihood that you're wrong and sometimes Mateos is checking some sort of monster like some of the time, which I guess he probably has to be, right? He's a good player. He's going to have to sometimes do that. Yeah, at least a tiny bit. Yeah, then, then that's problematic. Yeah, then it's actually possible that he full, like his calls when you shove are le- a smaller percentage than his, you know, his calls when you shove and you're winning, yeah. as Kempe, is a smaller percentage of his calls and you shove and you're losing. Yeah. Which is then obviously a, we shouldn't be shoving, right? Right. And this is for your whole term in life here, by the way. Yeah. With five left. Yeah. So yeah, I think I don't like to play. Yeah. By Rainer. I uh what do you think about Mateo's folding? Do you think he should consider calling? I think he should at least think about it, but I think we should probably pretty easily fold because while we block we do block the king, which yeah. is pretty cool. 
But then what is Kempe supposed Ray, to have Raynard except for spades? called our check raise. You know? Right. Like if he, I don't think he's calling our check raise with a draw. No, I think mostly with spades he's going to shove. Or fold. Or fold, yeah. He might fold because he may feel he's Stack too short. Ratio, yeah. And he doesn't feel he has the, um, the fold equity. Right. He may just throw it away. It's like really hard for him to have a draw. Yeah. So if he doesn't have a draw and he called our check raise, that means he's got at least a king almost always. Yeah. Which means we have to get rid of this hand. But the solver wants Mateos to call. 97, <laughs> 97% of the time. Damn Mateus. it. Because the solver's playing itself, and the solver's like, well, when I play it myself, there's always enough bluffs. You right. know, there's always a, a, a fair amount of bluffs here, so I just and, have to pick. And the types of hands that Mateos gets to the river with that, that now don't bet are a lot of give-ups, so we have to call it something, yeah. and having top pair is pretty good. Right. So right. that's probably the logic behind that. I think so. I think that's exactly right. Like, minimum defense frequencies demand that you call a top pair here. But in reality, as long as you're not up against, you know, the Gus, cyborg. Gus Hansen. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you know, I meant the machine. I which mean, is this is an easy of, call against Gus Hansen. Yeah, I yeah. think it probably is. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's some psychos it's an easy call against, but only the true psychos, like, really. I mean, like, Viffer, you could probably call here. Yeah. But, like, mostly you just got to throw this hand away. Yeah, I think uh, we disagree with the solver in a lot of spots here. Yeah, course. or the solver. But the solvers, pl- we're playing humans and the yeah. solver's playing itself. And right. that does matter. But at the same point, there's, got, there's always lessons to be learned from what the solver thinks is, is you know, yeah. how it plays against a perfect opponent. And the Trying fact that we're, we're deviating so far in basically every street from it is, is interesting at, it is. at a minimum. And, and even if we don't agree with the solver's conclusions, there's something to be gained by trying to figure out why those conclusions are there. Right, right. And like, as people get better and better, the solver's, the, what the solver's doing is probably going to become more and more salient for these kinds of situations. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It actually is starting to become that, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.